My name is Boyd Varty. I think of myself as an artist of experience. My passion is to create transformational experiences for myself and others as a way to explore what it means to truly live. My central exploration is to live on what I would call the track of your life. To me, this is to live courageously towards the discovery of what you are called to and to what life asks of you. So much of how I live has been informed by my passion as an animal tracker. I'm following the trail of my own life and reporting back. This show is a daily broadcast from a treehouse on the Londolozi Game Reserve in the wild eastern part of South Africa. Londolozi is a 14,000 hectare wilderness reserve adjacent to the Kruger National Park. The land is home to lion, leopard, rhino, elephant and buffalo, as well as a variety of other animals. I am your host, Boyd Varty. My goal is to spend 40 days and 40 nights alone in the wilderness to explore the archetype of the mystic in nature and hone my skills as a tracker. These are my daily stories. Day 6. Myth-making tree trickster. Now, let me try and answer the question I left you with yesterday. I will answer it by telling you an ancient story that I just made up. It would be good if for a moment you imagined yourself around a fire on a dark night. So dark that you could only just see the faint faces of the others around the fire. And don't listen with your ears or your head. Try and listen with the wild part of you. Pull the children close and push your rational mind away. A myth is a lie about the truth. This is the story of Lalela, the wildebeest and the man. Once upon a time, in the wild eastern part of South Africa, lived a man. This man lived on the bank of a river in a beautiful tree. His house was made of zebra skins, and his ladder up into the branches was a single tamburti tree he had cut footholds into. His life was simple and good, but he felt like half a man because he could not cross the river to explore the enchanted land on the other side. Oh, the stories of that land across the river. There, it was said that honeybees had no stings. But the river was too deep, and in it, lurking in dark shadows, lived Lalela, the crocodile. Lalela was famous for eating a chief's daughter, and people feared the dark recesses of the river. One day, as the man rested in the tree, he caught sight of Hongoni, the wildebeest, happily crossing the river to the other side. Hongoni was a silly-looking creature, with jaunty horns, screwy eyes, and the buckest buck teeth a buck ever had. Hongoni's genius was that he appeared so silly. The man called out to Hongoni, Ganu, Ganu, what must I do to cross the still pools of Lalela's lair? Hongoni turned and shouted back, You, my friend, must travel fair to the source of the river and find Queen Shalati there. And if you can bear her beautiful dance, she will give you the reed flute, the flute of trance. 
Well, the man traveled all day and traveled all night and arrived at the source just at first light. Many other men had gathered too, for the dance for the flute would begin soon. Of Shalati's power, no words can be spoken. I offer these as a mere token. She was brown and full and kind and strong, and her beauty entered, entered you and played like a song. And she moved and danced, all stillness abated. The men could not stand the desire she created. Some tried to grab her and make her their own. Some tried to cage her and take her throne. She brought up such feelings that men looked away. Rage, despair, desire are a few to say. Beauty, power, magic. The men feared to feel so much. So they tried to control it and use her as a crutch. But the man from the tree sat still through it all. He thought of his tree and sat still and tall, unmoved, though he felt it all. The men who could not be still with what they felt were taken one by one away. Queen Shalati granted the one from the tree the flute that day. Back to the tree and the river he went, to cross to the far bank he was so hell-bent. There he saw Hongoni on the far side, grinning skewly with wildebeest pride. Into the water with terror he went, down into Lalela's lair. He held his breath, though he needed air. Lalela approached, cold, old and bold. For a second he feared, a tale he'd been sold. But he steeled himself, and with some resolve, he blew his last breath into the flute. And with that he found himself out on the other side, with Hongoni right by his side. The land was so different, or was it the same? Hongoni said, or was it you who has changed? <laughs> there are so many ways to tell a story, friends, almost as many as there are to hear one. And if you li listen with attention, you might find where Hongoni, Shalati, the man, the men, and Lalela live inside of you. Myths are not meant to be fully understood, as I understand it. In the same way that we are not meant to fully make sense of life, though mostly everything is meaningful, See, now I'm being like Hongoni, talking in riddles like a good trickster should. There's always a lot of ways to go with a myth. You might think of Hongoni as the part of you that is unafraid of being laughed at, the trickster. Hongoni can go anywhere because people think he's silly already. You might relate to the man. Life is good, but he longs for something more. And he thinks it's over there. He thinks it's somewhere outside of himself. You might ask yourself, where is Lalela in your life? Where is the deep parts of you down in your psyche? Usually in myth mythological processes, deep pools represent the dark, deepest parts of the psyche. 
Where are the boundaries? Where are the guardians of those places you tend to keep away from? Queen Shalati is probably the feminine source of all things. But you could happily make Queen Shalati King Shalati. You could make the man a woman. You can really do what you like with it. Just listen to the story and let the story take you to your own adventure, to your own journey inward. All of this because yesterday a wildebeest crossed the river. I could tell you in more linear terms. I did, with great trepidation, cross the river and walk the far bank on a sweltering hot afternoon. And there I did cut Hongoni's tracks exiting the river. It was tracks of a male, and I suspect he risked crossing the river because maybe he had been chased out of the area after a fight with another bull. As a tracker, it felt satisfying to know the deeper story of this land, and I could see how over time the hunter-gatherer's understanding of his place grew almost infinitely. But having said that, of course, I can't be sure. Maybe he crossed it to live out the great wildebeest fantasy as seen on National Geographic, pretending he was in the Maasai Mara. There's so many ways to tell a story. Maybe he knew there was more life for him on the far bank. See, I went back into the metaphorical there. The one thing that I know is that we live in a world with a tremendous capacity to strip meaning from life. Without ceremony, initiation, or myths, we have not the tools to make meaning of both, both the profound and the meaningless. I have known this. I've read the books on mythology. But here, I will tell you, it is slowly starting to feel more lived. I will leave you now with Lawrence van der Post. It is strange how desperately and increasingly in the sprawling cities modern man feels abandoned and alone. I have never felt so alone as I do amongst the millions in London. I have never felt alone yet in the desert or in the bush and even the sea, because in those dimensions one always has company of animals and plants and stars and one is always observed. And this, I would say, is one signpost of the difference between the person who has a wilderness awareness, like these humble aboriginals I have mentioned, and the so-called civilized man. The civilized man believes he knows, but in the wilderness you are aware not so much of a feeling that you know as the feeling that you are known. You always feel that you belong, and through this belonging you have a feeling of meaning which modern man, impersonal and unknown within himself, has lost. None of us feel any longer that we belong. None of us feel that we are known any more unless we turn to the wilderness again, turn to nature, and ask from the stars for the heart of a star, and you will be known again as you have never been known before. We have to become once again not only the voice and the reason of this grievously wounded earth of ours, but its healer and defender, with a reverence for all its defenseless and vulnerable, and so restore it to the totality. Healed and whole again at the end, as it once was in the beginning.
This has been another episode of the Track Your Life podcast with Boyd Varty. Follow us on Instagram at Boyd underscore Varty, Twitter at Boyd Varty, visit Boyd's website at boydvarty.com or subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast player. Please rate and review this podcast so that more people can find and enjoy it.